In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to have a really focused dog and as a result, have a level of freedom with your dog that you kind of dreamt of when you got a dog in the first place. Now, I know when I'm out and about with my dogs, maybe maybe we're up on the moors or maybe we're at the beach or maybe we're going down to the woodlands or we're hanging out in the fields. And yes, we are very lucky in Devon in the UK. There are some amazing spots to walk. It's now, often raining, often but raining, there are amazing still locations. Amazing, still amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Sun always shines if you're, yeah, mindset is everything. Yeah. So um, basically, umbrella. <laughs> umbrella works. And yeah. um, basically, for us, having your dog off lead and relying on them and knowing mm-hmm. that they're with you and you're a team and you're out there together. And it just feels for me like one of the most empowering things yeah. that I've ever experienced. And yet, let's say, hmm, trying to think, maybe two, three, for I'm trying to think many experiences of mm-hmm. feeling not like that yeah. I'm thinking how how it feels when it goes wrong and this is in the last year mm-hmm. I've been out with a friend we were walking on the moors one of her dogs bogged off mm-hmm. I've been out with um, a, a client and having her Labrador just literally yeah. tear around in, in a really uncomfortable way yeah. I, I've oh. had an, uh, an interesting one where I had four four dogs four, four, my four dogs with me and then we were walking with a friend and um and their dog and their dog saw sheep a couple of fields away oh, and managed to dart under the fence and was like committed oh. to getting to those and sheep i'm thinking one more and the one that i'm thinking is on the beach a friend's uh dog basically ran and found uh, a dead thing and was just rolling in it but mm. so far up on the field and so far sorry up on the uh, beach so far ahead and you know when you can see something going really horribly wrong and you're going no like get off that thing and and nothing you can do about it nothing now that's how a lot of people's reality is right Tom yeah absolutely and what we wanted to dedicate this episode of the podcast to is actually what we see as the three pillars to freedom with your dog the three pillars to a focused dog and and achieving that level of um, trust with your dog I suppose there's a level of reliability Mm. consistency actually having a dog that you can really rely on and yeah. and and like you said trust that is such an amazing feeling when actually when I walk past cheap and I walk past stock and things like that I'm like yeah I've got this like yeah. that's a and nice that's, feeling and, and uh, that moment actually that I'm thinking of um, I actually had a moment of doubt where the, 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 the obviously there were five dogs one of them had run off committed to trying to get to the sheep and I had a moment of thinking oh what if my dogs do? And then I looked down at them and they kind of looked up at me like, oh, what if 
what what if we do? And I was like, good ah. good job, guys. It's all fine. And they just stuck with me. And, and it's one of those moments <laughs> that you actually can kind of like, yeah, wobble. And mm-hmm. and I think the thing I was thinking at the beginning is I've had experiences in the past in my own dog ownership. So maybe I, I would say, I don't know, I'm trying to think how old would Poppy be? Like 15 years mm-hmm. ago, where actually I felt completely out of control, completely mm-hmm. out of my comfort zone, completely like I literally don't belong, like mm-hmm. I shouldn't own a dog. And like, I absolutely could be so much better for my dog and for me and, and just how embarrassing. Yeah. So I've had the moments the of guilt. owning the dog that that I really wished I was better for mm-hmm. and I really wished I'd made a better job of it. And I suppose what I'm saying is, yeah, I felt guilty and at the same time, I also felt completely incompetent and that's yeah. a horrible way to feel. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do is we are going to get rid of that and we are going to replace it with really a system that you can think, okay, how am I going to grow these pillars with my dog? So the first pillar that kind of supports this this freedom that you can have with your dog is is something that we call disengagement. Now, what disengagement is, is your dog seeing distractions, thinking, oh, those distractions look enticing, sexy, inviting. And then thinking, hold on a second, they are none of my business. Let me interrupt myself and let me not do that. Now, I had a very similar experience at lunchtime where I disengaged from the birthday cake. I absolutely did. It's a, they are none of my business right now. I need to behave myself. And you know what? What I would say to all of you guys is that it doesn't matter what you fill that distraction in with. It might be squirrel, it might be a magpie, mm-hmm. it might be pigeon, it might be duck, it might be any of the above. It might be horse or yep. sheep or cyclist or jogger or horse poo. Mm-hmm. Any of those things are something your dog might need to disengage from. Yeah, absolutely. And so what is this concept of disengagement and how do we grow it? Well, first of all, the, the concept of disengagement is your dog seeing value in moving away from things. So they see things and they're like, meh, I'm going to move away from it. That's the ideal response. The ideal response is no response. And this is the kind of the foundation upon which we build focus. But how do you grow it? Well, first of all, you've got your dog's daily food allowance, right? It's a pot of value. Disengagement is about teaching your dog there's value in moving away from things. Now, so many people will say when we say about pots of value, they'll say, but hang on a second, I feed raw or hang on a second, I feed this certain thing that isn't possible. You know what? It is all possible. In fact, it's one of the things that we go through in the Sexy Than a Squirrel program where we're talking about how you can ditch the bowl. We literally have an ebook as to set it all out for you. And we have a ditch the bowl ebook and we have a ditch the bowl raw edition uh, where we really roar. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, it is really possible, right? So yeah. we'll give you loads of different strategies uh, as to how to do that. Um, and that's something that we know that people can struggle with. And at the same time, we know that we can overcome it very easily with some of our simple solutions. Absolutely. And so one of the games that you will learn in the Sexier Than a Squirrel program is effectively a disengagement game and it teaches disengagement. And so what you're going to do is you're going to get some of your dog's daily food allowance. You are going to have your dog on lead so that, you know, everything's safe, everybody's safe, and you're working with distractions that actually your dog um, can can just about think through. They can deal with, right? And what you're going to do is you're going to throw one piece of food in the direction of that distraction. Now, the distraction might be a whole field away. That might be the distance that you're working at right now. That is great. Your dog's going to go and eat that piece of food. They're going to orient back to you. And when they orient back to you, that's the moment of disengagement. You can mark that. You can say, yes, great job, amazing. Amazing. Woohoo. Well done. Whatever it might be. And then what you're going to do is you're going to walk away from the distraction. Now, remember, the concept of disengagement is your dog seeing value in moving away from distractions. So what are we going to do with the value that is our dog's daily food allowance? We're going to feed, feed, 
feed, feed, feed as we walk away. And so if we were to think about this as a scatter graph of where the value is, right? If you were to think about a map and the distractions on the right side of the map and you're on the left side of the map and you start heading away from the distraction and you're feeding, there would be little kind of scatter graph points, value points. There'd be more value points away from the distraction than towards it. And that's how and you create disengagement. So many people accidentally put more value into being away from them yeah. than they do into being close. Just think about the very simple two pound piece of kit that you can buy at most places, a chuck it thrower, yeah. many brands available. And um, those are for me, one of the worst things to teach a dog that actually go a heck of a long way away from me. Of course, some dogs do choose to bring it back, but not every dog does. Mm. And actually you put a hell of a lot of value away from you and you start to have a dog who hangs out away from you. And actually what we're looking to create initially for sure at first is a dog who actually knows how to uh, disengage from things and that actually you are the cool person to hang out with, right? Yeah, like absolutely. actually, where do we want the value? Yeah, so, you know, Lauren's rightly said there that, yeah, we need to grow, inspire and teach disengagement by, you know, using that daily food allowance and playing games, but also... Every time your dog engages with a distraction, because maybe they're not on lead and they've run off, or maybe we just push them too far and put them in a situation they weren't ready for, and they've interacted with that distraction, whether it be a squirrel, a half-eaten hamburger, or a chicken, well, you betcha that is going to create that scattergraph point with that distraction, and they're going to see more value interacting with the distractions than with you. And, and so for sure, exactly how, how Tom has explained there, it's important that we just even consider when we when we consider engagement and everything else where is the value yeah. like where do we want the value show them where it's at show them where we want the value and show them where we want to keep the value at the same time of course going out there there's a little bit of of, of, of value coming back there's so much more yeah absolutely so that's the first pillar right so you've got you've taken notes you're like okay I'm going to remember that one I'm going to grow disengagement and maybe you've taken notes in your head because we know some of you are driving yeah. so please yes, just please keep driving please be safe okay? focus on the road um, and then the second pillar now the second pillar is engagement with you. Now that we've taught, you know, disengagement from the environment, see see the distraction and think, meh, it's a distraction, it's none of my business. Now we want to inspire engagement with you. Now, think about the distractions that your dog loves. Maybe it's squirrel, maybe it's the chicken, maybe it's the other dog, whatever it might be. And, and there are so many out there, guys. So remember, your dog will have their own flavor. Yes. Uh, your dog's flavor could be anything from chicken to pony. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Your dog will have their own sort of special things that really light them up. Just observe them. Those are good mm. for you to know. Absolutely. And so what we need to do is we need to create experiences with us and interactions with us that actually are going to make our dogs think, hold on a second, our owners are really fun. Now, the way that we do that is by playing games and the games that, you know, you can't just play one game with your dog to build this. You actually need to play lots of different games because one of the reasons why they love that squirrel is because of the variety. So, you know, if you, I don't know, you get your new puppy and we've, we've all had this experience a little bit where we show them a tennis ball for the first time or we show them a new toy or a frisbee and they they play with that toy and we're like oh my gosh I've cracked it they're gonna recall forevermore and day one it's going great day two we play the same game with them and they're like yep this is brilliant and then we get complacent and then we play the same game again and the same game again and before you know it your dog kind of looks at you and they're like I know that game and I don't want to play it nah yeah so basically you end up with having a near answer yeah. and Tom knows this because he owns 
Poodles. And poodles are the best trainers of dog trainers because what they do is they they like variety. And to the point where if you ask them to do the same thing three times, they'll be like, okay, you clearly want something different. So I'm going to I'm going to do the sit, but I'm going to also raise my right front paw. They are highly (laughs) intelligent. And so they wonder why on earth you'd keep asking them to do the same thing over and over. Now, if you own a poodle, please tell us all about it. We love to hear about your dogs. And you know what? Tell us about all your dogs. We love hearing about them. Where can people get in touch with us and talk to us and tell us about their dogs and their struggles and all of these things? Tom? So um, first things first, if you haven't kind of left a review of the podcast, um, please, please, please do so. And that's a great way of kind of letting us know about you and why you listen and what you love. Um, and, and tell us about um, your dog. Tell yeah. us about all of all of what you're about. We, we love to hear from you. And so you can do that on um, Apple Podcasts and, you know, whatever platform you're listening on, you'll be able to leave a review there, I'm sure. Um, the, um, the second thing is check out our Facebook page page, our Instagram page, and our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel has a new episode that goes live each week, and you can leave a comment under those videos. We we try and read every single one, um, and it means that we really can adapt the, you know, the teaching to you. And then the third place is you can actually email us. So if you send us an email to ask, that's A-S-K, at absolute-dogs.com, then our team read them. They let us know about them. They can advise you on what your next step might be in the game changer world to be honest our team are absolutely amazing they work seven days a week yeah. obviously they have breaks but yeah. they work between There's each other person, there are a few so of them just, and just... and basically just to make sure you're you're good um, and and most importantly they want to serve they're here to help so if you've got a question a problem something you want to get in touch with us uh, in any way about ask at absolute-dogs.com if we can help we want to yeah absolutely anyway where are we so, number three or yeah, are we still number two second number pillar two? quick summary of the second pillar it's all about engagement with you that means having great experiences with your dogs that means you know in the game changer world playing games and playing lots of different games and the variety that you have is really important if you don't already have enough variety Mm -hmm. you know what we can absolutely show you a good time and that's exactly what we do like we absolutely love to play games with dogs and it's something that for our dogs they've taught us cleverly Uh, classic my my mini American uh, Tom's Poodles they've taught us that variety is really the spice of life if they don't have it it's a uh-uh. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, it's what we're about. And so that's exactly why we created that that online challenge that, you know, many of you listening would have taken part in that worldwide 25 day sexier than a squirrel challenge. Play a game a day for 25 days. And you actually through that process, you teach the three pillars that we're talking about right now. So that that's was exactly what it's about, right? Like yeah. it, it does. It works through the, the three pillars uh, to get the results that it does. Yeah, absolutely. So. The third pillar. This one is that you need to teach your dog that engagement can happen through you. Now, what we mean by that is that we don't want to be the the nags in the world, the the, the people that that are the fun police. They limit the freedom. They're always telling dogs what to do. Quite the opposite. We want to inspire great behavior, and so that sometimes means get letting our dogs do what they love to do. And that might be sniffing, that might be running, that might be swimming. But it's got to kind of happen through us or we've got to be involved in that picture in some way. So an example that I had a good few years ago now with a dog I was working with a training um, student was um, every time that her dog um, came came back to her she would immediately let him go for a swim. Mm-hmm. But the way he came back was he came back through her legs and yeah. she would hold his collar and then let him go. Yeah. So it would be through the legs into a, like a middle position if you're used to our training so into like a middle position hold his collar yeah. as soon as he did that it would be okay 
go. And he would go swimming. Yeah. Uh, and so he would get, be able to go swimming on that queue, because that's how to say go swimming. <laughs> uh, he would go on that queue. And so it was a really cool opportunity to go swimming yeah. every time. Now, he loved to swim. So beach, ponds, uh, to be honest, uh, he would he would swim in the uh, kitchen sink if he was loud. Mm. Um, it absolutely was a, a really powerful reinforcer for yeah. him. And that's how it happened, always through uh, the owner. Absolutely. I remember I used to take um, Illy, um, my very first standard poodle, to um, to the beach. And the thing that she used to absolutely love, and she she was never successful, but she just loved trying, was she would see seagulls kind of like um, sitting on the, the water, kind of bobbing up and down. And so what would happen is I would ask for, I don't know, 20 seconds of heel work. And I'm talking like obedience competition heel work. And her reward would not be food, would not be toy. She would get to charge at the water and try and swim to the seagulls but of course the seagulls would always just fly off what more powerful like opportunity can can you offer your dog than the freedom that that they so want like that's always going to overpower a piece of kibble and of course when the seagulls flew off what did she do she was like straight back at me being like right dad i'm going to do the heel work make the seagulls land on the water again and then let me go and that's the cool thing right like she got so many it's like a real double up of reinforcers she gets the run Mm. she gets the water or a triple up she gets the seagulls moving yeah and then she gets to do it all over again like uh, honestly and what i i loved about when i was working with with my client who who we used this with it was just so much fun to see her dog dart into middle dart into having his collar grabbed because he loved that opportunity to go out and chase again yeah now one distraction one challenge one behavior struggle that people often contact us about and it's you know it, it if you read about it, you'll you'll see lots of controversial thoughts on it. Is dogs who sniff a lot and ignore their owners because they're sniffing. Now there are kind of t- tend to be two extreme opinions on this, and that is that either dogs should not be sniffing and they should not be allowed to sniff, or dog sniffing is very very enriching. It boosts their confidence, it calms them, and therefore we and should just let them it. sniff. They need it all the time. Yeah, the reality is that we're very much that yes, sniffing is a valuable valuable gift that we can give our dogs, and it does build their confidence and it does calm them and it does boost their optimism. But we also need to make sure that they're not practicing disengaging from us through sniffing because otherwise what they rehearse, they become. And so what we teach and, and actually... And just to explain that, Tom, because I think that's a really important one because you said it um, super fast as both of us do speak super fast. <laughs> we have to apologise, that's us. Um, and just explain that about yeah. how, how they're disengaging there. So let's say you're, you're I don't know, Let's say you come to us and you say, okay, my dog um, literally just does not listen to me, right? Does not listen to me. And when they see another dog, they can't disengage from the other dog. And no matter how much I call their name, they just stare at the other dog. Well, we might ask you some questions about the rest of your walk and we might ask, you know, how does your dog behave when you go through the front door? And you might say something like, oh, well, when we go through the front door, they're very excited and they pull to the end of the lead. Their nose goes to the ground and basically their nose is fixed to the ground for the for the entire walk until they see the other dog. Now, the point is, is that's not about the other dog, is it? The battle's already lost on the first step because your dog's already disengaged from you and you can't get their attention and they're just practicing disengaging from you by attaching their nose to the ground. So yeah, there are value, there's value in sniffing. But what we do, and it's actually one of the games that we teach in the 25 Day Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge, is we teach our dogs a go sniff cue. So we actually tell our dogs to sniff. They have a sniff. 
they re-engage with us, we maybe do a bit more work and we walk a little bit more, and then we reward them for their great behavior with telling them to go sniff again. So you get the win-win, you get the benefit of a dog that um, you know is, is focused on you and engaged with you, and they're experiencing the world through you, but also they get the benefit of experiencing the world, which really owning a dog, that's what it's all about, to give them an amazing life. So um, those of you in the Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge, you can find that game. I forget which day you learn it on, but basically it's the go sniff game and, and the you go can find sniff it. game has literally so many different opportunities once you start using it yeah. so you'll love it when you're playing it so literally like tom said it's in the sexy in the squirrel program watch the video play the game get the real life results because they That's are simple. immense <laughs> absolutely immense. and if you have not yet jumped into the challenge there's no better time to do it because we've just updated all of the lessons with even more teaching in them and there's a 70 percent, well over 70 percent discount at the moment so you can get 25 days of tuition for just 27 pounds single payment no recurring payments and and i think the cool thing is you get to keep this for life yeah. including all upgrades so yeah. you get to keep this um, massive benefit forever, forever Absolutely. And, ever. and if you want to pay in us dollars it's 32 us dollars so super super affordable and amazing results and over 60,000 people have been through it all Say over what? the world which is insane so guys they were the three pillars of a focused dog disengagement engagement with you and thirdly engagement through you make sure that you're building each of those pillars each, each and every one day is an amazing building block for the relationship that you thought you'd lost or you'd never have mm-hmm. and actually we can recreate and, and rebuild that from the ground up absolutely so with that guys that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast we will see you here from you speak to you next week um in the next episode it's going to be a really good one guys so make sure you tune in and we will see See you next time. Remember, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. 